Well, welcome to the Presbyterian Reformed Churchman. I'm Pastor George, and I am super excited about today's guest. We have ruling elder Mel Duncan with us. Mel, thanks for being on. George, it's it's such a delight to be with you today. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. We want to talk about the Gospel Reformation Network, but first we want to talk a little bit about Mel. And so, Mel, tell us about yourself. I mean, I think most people know who you are, but most of us don't really know who you are. So (laughs) tell us who Mel is. You're very kind to ask. Uh, And George, it's a delight to be on the podcast. I, I love what you're doing here, and I hope uh, that ruling elders will get involved and will learn the, the language of the church and learn the personalities of the church. And I just want to commend you for trying to help bring the church together uh, through this wonderful podcast. I'm a son. Thanks uh, for li- saying, by the way. Well, I, I, I mean it. I really do mean it. I'm, I'm the son of uh, two wonderful Christian parents, uh, Ligon Duncan and Shirley Duncan, who almost uh, 50 years ago, were uh, a young couple interested in a new venture known as the Presbyterian Church in America. And uh, my father had moved to Greenville after uh, serving in World War II, and he had worked in different places around the state of South Carolina, and uh, his company moved him to Greenville. Uh, My mom had just come to Greenville to teach at Furman, and uh, they, uh, they met and married. Uh, thanks to good people uh, at my home church, uh, Second Pres Greenville, and uh, they uh, raised a family. And along the way, a godly uh, PCA founding father named Gordon Reed encouraged my father to become first a deacon and then an elder, uh, and then really uh, trained him and reconnected him to his his heritage, his Reformation heritage, but more importantly to his uh, to Christian conviction. And so mom and dad uh, were part of a wonderful group of people in the early 1970s who uh, used their energy and and their love for the church to help bring about the PCA. Um, I was born in 1970. I grew up in the city of Greenville and I kind of think of it as my my little part of the Shire, uh, to use Middle Earth uh, language. Uh, It's my little uh, Hobbiton and... uh, went to local schools and then went to Clemson uh, nearby for college and then came home and got involved in the family uh, printing business and uh, and have been involved with Christian publishing media uh, in one way or another my whole adult life. And um, I uh, have spent some time uh, on the road. Uh, I've served for a number of years at Ligonier Ministry doing development work and church relations work and then uh, have done the same for some other organizations and recently, uh, well, about a decade now, uh, I've been working as a church administrator here in, in Greenville. Uh, I'm a Sunday school teacher. Uh, I'm a dad. I also uh, am an active ruling elder and am delighted to be uh, Rick Phillips' uh, executive assistant and, and help a medium-sized PCA church in a wonderful uh, American city that's really going through kind of a golden age right now. And I love uh, trying to help the elders and the deacons of the church with some of the business side of things. So I, for a number of years, I've kind of looked to the model of the way PCA coordinators work. My job is to be a resource to the uh, to the leadership uh, of the session 
uh, and to assist the diaconate and the various ministries that are a part of Second Church do their work. And uh, I do four primary things here. I assist the senior minister. Uh, I promote our media and outreach. I work with our volunteers. About a hundred people a week who are members of Second Pres do some kind of volunteering uh, to do the outreach of Second Church, both on Sundays and throughout the week. And then lastly, I work with uh, with our wonderful staff uh, to try to connect all the threads of life and ministry together so that Sundays can be both enjoyed by our people, but also people can be deployed faithfully and and um, and, and necessarily and correctly uh, to serve uh, uh, visitors and members alike. Um, I'm, a, I'm a father of three. I have a 17-year-old a son. I'm very proud to report that he is the uh, two-time uh, South Carolina State Scholastics chess champion, and uh, he is a big brother to two beautiful uh, younger sisters, Francis the Swamp Fox and uh, Mary Elizabeth, uh, who is the social chairman of the Duncan family, uh, who along with my wife Linda make uh, make my house a home and uh, and, and love being a dad. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> so uh, I, I love... Uh, uh, I, I like to say I'm not sure exactly where uh, family, church, and work begin or end because they're all kind of part of the same thing. Uh, but I, I love working in the church. I've done this intentionally now uh, for 10 years, though I've been an officer in the PCA for about half my life. And then I've been a, a, a front row spectator to watching the PCA grow as a new denomination and now as a half century old denomination. You may know me through doing the resolution of thanks at the PCA General Assembly, um, having had a, a father that was interested in uh, Presbyterian history. I, I've loved over the years working with a, a gentleman who's now uh, in glory with the Lord, a fellow named Henry Lewis Smith, uh, crafting those, and I've done about a dozen of them, and I enjoy uh, kind of telling the story of the PCA each year uh, through that, but I also enjoy serving on committees of the church. And in recent years, uh, my pastor, Dr. Richard Phillips and Dr. John Payne, uh, have asked me to get involved with the Gospel Reformation Network. And so, uh, like a lot of ruling elders uh, who show up to a meeting and notice that they're the only ruling elder there, I realized I was going to be assigned some new responsibilities. And uh, I've enjoyed doing that now for about 10 years. And I enjoy helping the GRN put on its events and and do its communication. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So every so many things you said, I want to key on. First of all, you you're a, so you are a native of Greenville. Is is the church where you're working and serving? Is that the church you grew up in? It is a little unusual. It is the church I grew up in, and uh, it's awesome. Uh, I like to say I love my church, and I love telling people about my church. Uh, Second Presbyterian Church is 130 years old, and I like to tell people it's a it's a Reformed church, it's an old church, and it's a new church all at the same time. Uh, we have roots in the Protestant Reformation, and uh, at the same time, uh, we have roots in the 19th century. Our founding uh, fathers and mothers were Civil War veterans who, who were part of Reconstruction uh, era, Greenville, and we were a daughter church of the of the historic big steeple in downtown Greenville. And uh, we also went through a long period, like a lot of downtown churches, of sort of a mainline malaise. 
And the Lord sent us a, a wonderful gospel minister named Gordon Reed, who baptized me and my brothers, uh, who really, I like to say Gordon Reed got our heart right. Uh, we, we really were a, uh, a church that was beginning to, uh, to change and, and Gordon came through and taught us the gospel and taught us reformed theology and discipled, uh, young men like my dad. And he was involved in the early days of, uh, getting RTS started. He was an enthusiastic supporter of RTS and he also was a, um, uh, very active in starting the PCA. You know, there were a number of those men, George, in that generation who all came out of Old Columbia Seminary, uh, which is the old PCUS Seminary in Atlanta that birthed so many uh, founding fathers of the PCA. I think it's the institution more than any other that shaped the founding of the PCA. And there were a number of conservative men who were watching the old denomination progressively slip uh, and change its, its theological identity and they became sort of the shock troops for the beginning of the PCA. And uh, so Gordon Reed was one of those men. Uh, Gordon um, really reoriented Second Church around Reformed theology, and we've kind of been going in a direction that he uh, replanted us uh, ever since then, and we're grateful for that. Paul Settle, who was another PCA founding father, uh, who, who had notable ministry in a number of different places, uh, followed Gordon here at Second, and, and Paul was known as a real scholar and a real uh, a, a pulpiteer, a, an esteemed preacher, and uh, he was the PCA's first um, Christian education director, and that was the same impact that he had at Second. He really equipped us theologically, uh, promoted Bible learning and scholarship, uh, my brother uh, had a sense of call to the ministry during Paul's time here, and uh, and really ever since then, Second has been a thoroughgoing, uh, ever-reforming church, and uh, we still got a long way to go, uh, but I feel like we're in a good direction. Uh, in recent years, Rick Phillips came here, and uh, the Lord has used Rick in a mighty way uh, to help. Uh, I, I mentioned we, we're a Reformed church. We're an old church. In a lot of ways, we're a new church, George. Uh, most of the congregation, I think overwhelmingly, most of the congregation are folks who are have joined the church in the last five or seven years. And uh, we, we've actually grown dramatically uh, in the last couple of years. And uh, the Lord seems to be blessing uh, and sending forth his spirit right now in Greenville. So yes, I'm sitting a block off of Main Street in downtown Greenville in my office. Uh, if you, you probably will hear some of the sounds of the city. There's been a fire alarm going, uh, going off across the street off and on uh, today. And uh, uh, Greenville's just a great place. It, it's, uh, it's, it's just a beautiful little city. It, it, it's it's kind of tucked away midway between Atlanta and Charlotte. And there's a lot of things happening along the I-85 corridor. It, it's headed up towards your way. There's there's just sort of one big, ever-expanding uh, area. And we're blessed by having a, a conservative uh, business and moral climate. Uh, but we're progressive in the, in the best sense of the word as well. Uh, oftentimes, if something begins in my state, it'll begin in, in Greenville first. And... Uh, there still is a is a vital Christian witness in Greenville. Uh, for the first century or so of Greenville's history, Furman was kind of a conservative bulwark 
in the Greenville region, and in recent years, Bob Jones has been that. And uh, so oftentimes when you meet somebody from Greenville, the first thing they'll ask is, where do you go to church? And we're blessed to have about 300 churches in Greenville County, many of which are evangelical. Uh, we have 15 PCA churches in Greenville County, which is a very unusual. There, there are not a lot of places that are blessed to have that big a concentration. And then Calvary Presbytery, which is upcountry South Carolina, has a, about 40, well, 43 churches. So we're really blessed to be a, a real center of Reformed uh, people and witness. Yeah, praise God. I mean, I'm, I'm in a presbytery with uh, Winston-Salem, Greensboro, uh, surrounding areas, and we only have about a dozen churches. And it's a, it's a sh- there's not a lot of Reformed presence um, where where we are. There are some a- ARP churches yeah. also, some um, uh, Neil Stewart's church is, yeah. is in Greensboro, and that's um, that's a blessing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, you know, it's amazing. I, I've watched Greensboro from afar, not Greensboro, Greenville, Greenville from afar yeah. grow up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I used to have to plan my travel, like, based on Atlanta traffic. Right. Now I got to right. factor in Greenville right. traffic. Right. Yeah. And it really seems like the, the city planning there didn't foresee what, what has happened in that area because the yeah. roads don't fit the cars. Right, right, <laughs> right. They, uh, they paved the old goat tracks, I think, and just wherever... <laughs> Wherever uh, there was a path, they paid it. Yeah, Greenville's grown up dramatically. Uh, the, it, in Greenville County, South Carolina, George, there are more Fortune 500 companies per capita than any other county in the United States. Wow. And wow. a lot of that is anchored by the big uh, BMW and Michelin and and, and some of the, the big companies. Uh, they like Greenville because it's near Atlanta, which is a distribution hub, and it's near Charlotte, which is where all the money is. And there's a good quality of life here. And so there are a lot of companies that will like to, to kind of park right here in Greenville because they're close to, to major networks. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So still got a few more questions before yeah, we get yeah. to the GRA. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I like the uh, – I love the story of how you came on staff at your church in, yeah. in a – in a sense, uh, it's it's similar to mine. I mean, I was a, a deacon and then a ruling elder, yeah. and uh, I used to be an engineer. And so, because of some administrative giftings, they brought me on staff, yeah. and I came under care at the same time. I, I was a executive pastor, yeah. and uh, and I and so I get that the decently in order and yeah. just being able to really facilitate the the work of ministry within the church. Yeah. I, I think. Uh, I think more and more churches are moving to that, even medium-sized churches, yeah. because you know there, there's you can't have ministries tripping over one another, and yeah. it causes frustration for people who are primarily volunteers, and yeah. you know their time is limited, and yeah. and so uh, did you when you came on, on staff to do that? Were you replacing somebody who who was doing so? Yeah, so you're like I did the same yeah. thing. I was the first one in yeah. two churches. We we were he, guinea pigs, George. Yes, and, you uh, have to navigate very do. difficult things. You do. you do, and I'm I'm grateful that our that our volunteers as well as our members have been very gracious. As not only I try to learn this church in an administrative way. Uh, but that we try to do some new things together and, and, um, volunteers in churches are, are um, amazing gifts from God. And 
what you want to try to do is, is suggest and help. Uh, you don't want to try to industrialize anything. You, you want to treat it right. like you would your family. And, and yet you want to try to make things better where you can. And uh, churches oftentimes do things really well in some ways and may be blind to other things. And so we, we try to give attention uh, to ministries that are working well, but also to ministries that, um, so, you know, sometimes it's okay to let ministries uh, go stop. And and uh, so a lot of what I do is communication. I try to make sure everybody knows what, what else is happening mm-hmm. and so that we aren't tripping over one another and we try to spread the resources of the church out fairly. Uh, we just have some wonderful people who, who volunteer in every every kind of way prison ministry hospitality uh the local public schools we do a wonderful outreach there uh it, 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 it you know outreach to young people to college to our neighborhood uh, we have some evangelism ministry that's really remarkable that takes place on main street every week and uh the the you try to make sure the calendar and the resources and the oversight is all there and you you got to encourage. People need to be encouraged. They're doing hard things, and the, and they're doing it on their own time without without being paid for it. So you try to balance all those things, and and then um, it, it's a real joy as a as a ruling elder to uh, to be on a staff with someone like Rick Phillips. Um, Rick is um, many would know him, uh, but he has just a remarkable life experience. He had, he had been in the army. Uh, his father and his grandfather had been in the army. Uh, his grandfather was George Patton's aide de camp. And it, <laughs> wow. I mean, it's just, and, and, but in addition to that, he, he's a person who came to know the Lord later in life. And so he has the zeal mm. of an adult convert. Uh, mm. Here's a, a young man who wanders into 10th Perez in Philadelphia and is converted under the preaching of Jim Boyce. And uh, he has uh, a Boycean uh, kind of ministry. He loves to declare God's word. He loves to write commentaries on God's word. But along the way in life, he also picked up a Wharton business degree. And wow. so he, he's just a remarkable person. And, and I've, I've yet to encounter something in my job that walking across the, the hall and asking my boss, how do I do this? I've, I've yet to be uh, not rewarded by him. And he's a, he's, a good, he's a good man and he's a delight to work for. And we've got some young ministers on staff that are just beginning their ministerial careers. And I love speaking into the life of young ministers. Uh, in, in God's goodness, this church has been, uh, uh, been able to place 25 men, in, uh, more than 25 men, into full-time PCA ministry. That's phenomenal. And we're now part of that is because we have RTS and Greenville Seminary nearby, and we've been blessed to have uh, young men who've been drawn to the ministry of the church. But it's been a great opportunity for for our deacons and ruling elders to to really hands-on get involved with young men and be a part of their lives and. Uh, a lot of those young young men have married daughters of our church, and so we feel like we've got family throughout the PCA. And uh, one of the things I most enjoy about the PCA, aside from just being a part of an institution God ordained for the benefit of His people, 
is is the connection that you have in this world to people all over the world and uh you know we as an older church we've got some just gloriously uh old relationships with missionaries with institutions uh it's it's really just um a delight to go to general assembly or to a presbytery meeting and to see God's hand through the generations in in people and institutions that in a small little way Second Perez Greenville's been able to be a part of. Wow, wow. So I, I do think, I know we have future conversations planned, you and I, but now we have to add one because yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, sure. love, I love the idea about just Again, the executive pastor, the executive director. What, what do you what What do you known as your position there? I've told them I don't care what they call me as long as the check clears. So yeah. my, my title my title is church administrator. Church administrator. Okay, yeah. because what I found is even if churches don't have somebody full time doing that, uh, th- that is a, a function and role that a lot of ruling elders fill. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, like you, you hit on some things. Like sometimes ministries have to close, and and yeah. and our job is there to support. You know, and uh, I I'd love to have that conversation with you, but I yeah. know we want to yeah. get to uh, the Gospel Reformation Network. Yeah. Oh, what, one more thing. I love yeah. you, your the testimony of of the church where you and Rick are. Just the idea that you grew up there, and you're on staff there. That you're yeah. training up leaders and yeah. sending them out. That is, I mean, that's a beautiful model of what a church is supposed to be. And in our world today, things are becoming more and more transient. You know, I, in South Florida, like I remember in a 10 year period, our, our membership numbers, I was at a church, it was a St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. It's, it's called Park Road Pres now. But our numbers were stagnant for 10 years. And we kept having this thought that we, we just lose people, you know? And so I did a membership analysis and in 10 years, we had 200 people leave the church and 200 people come in the church, and that's why our numbers were stagnant. So we were, I mean, getting 200 people is good, yeah, you know? It's like, yeah. but we lost 200, and yeah. 50 of those passed away, and yeah. 100 of those moved away. Yeah. And uh, and then the other 50 were, were on us. But yeah. uh, so it is something to have, you know, Meadowview, where I'm at now, it's, it's just beautiful. There's four generations in multiple families at our yeah. church yeah. and yet it's not a church that's like ingrown of just of yeah. just families we're, we're having new people yeah. come uh all the time so yeah i think the future of the of the pca is is really bright because every guy i'm talking to is, is saying the same thing they have new people coming to their yeah. to their church and i know your heart is for the pca one thing yeah. you didn't mention you're the clerk of your presbytery, and that's uh, just another amazing thing. Um, but uh, but the Gospel Reformation Network is is yeah. really there to promote healthy gospel uh, yeah. churches in the PCA. So that's where I want to go because what's your what's your position at the the GRN, and how is the GRN f- formed? And and yeah. let's start a conversation there. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, the Gospel Reformation Network began as a conversation. Uh, a decade and a half ago, um, it, it, there was a, there were some concerns in the PCA about particularly how sanctification was being taught uh, and discussed. And uh, there were some, there were a number of different meetings, some of which um, brought together people who disagreed on the issues. Um, 
there was a meeting in Atlanta uh, 15 years ago now, I think, uh, where some of the, the folks at the PCA building brought together people uh, from the different parts of the PCA to talk about it. And uh, that led to some ministers in the Tennessee area putting together a group to, to do some formal teaching on this. And then different people kind of came together and, and formed uh, what became known as the Gospel Reformation Network. My pastor was one of those men, along with Ligon Duncan and John Payne and Harry Reeder and some others at that time. Um, the the organization um, met uh, and had a conference in 2013 uh, for during the Greenville General Assembly. It was the 43rd General Assembly. They actually had an event here at, at our church here, and the council members asked if I would help organize the event, which I was happy to do. And then after that event, they asked if I would come on to the leadership team uh, to help do some administration for the GRN. And so uh, my participation with the GRN began uh, formally in 2013. So it's been 10 years I've been a part of it. Um, the, the stated purpose of the GRN, you know, you know our, our purpose statement is we want to cultivate healthy, reformed uh, churches in the PCA. And uh, we're mindful of the fact that there are a lot of different voices speaking into the PCA, and uh, we wanted to have a network uh, that would be something like a think tank and a place that could uh, promote and distill good reform theology and promote good philosophy of ministry uh, for churches. And uh, so uh, we sort of reorganized in the mid-teens and uh, we started having yearly conferences and then yearly lunches at General Assembly and we've we've done websites and we've done seminars and uh, we've tried to take advantage of, of places where we can teach and, and proclaim. We've, we've developed these uh, vision and distinctive uh, statements. We call them the, the seven couplets uh, that in, in a lot of ways, George, it's just a it's just good Presbyterian uh, philosophy of ministry kind of things. Uh, biblical fidelity, and confessional integrity, gospel-driven and Christ-exalting ministry, earnest prayer and expository preaching, intentional evangelism and personal discipleship, godly leadership and Presbyterian polity, reform worship and vibrant community, missional clarity and church multiplication. These are the, the, the things that animate our organization. Uh, and and we think that these are at the very heart of what being a, a healthy PCA church ought to look like. It, it's going to look a little bit different even amongst the council members. Our churches are going to be a little different, but each of our churches are going to be marked by these common sense Presbyterian reformed ideas. And uh, what we want to do is we want to be uh, a healthy network serving a healthy denomination. You know that, George, there are dozens of networks in the PCA, and uh, I'm, I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that there are a lot of them, and some of them have very narrow purposes. Uh, some of them have very broad purposes. What we want to do is just have a biblical purpose to our network, and we want to encourage PCA churches to not be afraid to tread the old paths and to not lose confidence in the means of grace. 
and to not be afraid uh, to to be distinctively reformed. And um, we, we're trying to say that not in a dogmatic way, but in a winsome way. Uh, and we're trying to do that in a way that, that speaks not just to one segment of the church or one faction of the church, but speaks to the heart of the PCA. Um, we have, uh, over the years, engaged in some high-profile conversations. Uh, I think back to the early days of the PCA, uh, GRN leaders were involved in some really high-profile conversations over the issues of sanctification. Um, nowadays, it would be very easy to reference Tully and Chavidjan and to talk about some of the antinomian errors associated with his ministry. Um, both in terms of its teaching and in his practice, but uh, you know, back then we we didn't we didn't name call. We didn't we didn't try to we didn't try to humiliate Tullian. We really tried to drive people to the theological conversation. And sometimes we've been very successful. Uh, some we you know sometimes our critics we've met with them and we've tried to have conversations. We've been criticized for doing that as well. Uh, but the, the main thing I'd want to say to your, your viewers and your listeners is that the GRN is a uh, meat and potatoes PCA organization that any PCA church ought to resonate with. And in a sense, uh, any PCA church ought to feel welcome to be a part of. We're, we're just trying to help PCA churches communicate faithfully, uh, Presbyterian and Reformed distinctives, and to network with one another and, and to build the church up. So that's a little bit on on the the GRN. Yes, yeah. And so, what is your what's your title there? I think my title is administrator. Um, okay. We're uh, we uh, about a about a decade ago, the 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 organization used to be run through the deacons of Second Pres Greenville. And okay. the organization had grown, and we were having uh, churches that were contributing some money to us. And so the the deacons of, of our church came to me and said, Mel, we think it's time for the GRN to form its own nonprofit uh, organization. And so the council members uh, and myself put together a, a, a legal entity, a 501c3 entity, and formed a uh, a nonprofit here in South Carolina, and I think I am the registered agent uh, of that entity. And uh, so, um, I guess technically that would be my title. But uh, again, I, I do whatever John and the council tells me to do. We we're really looking forward to to our events this year, and we've had some spectacular events in years past, and. Um, and so what, what I do is, is I try to resource the GRN effectively and I try to connect our, our message to our venues and to our speakers and so forth. So, so That's, I administrate, yes. uh, the GRN. You administrate. Yes. Okay. So let me tell you a little bit about my history with the okay. GRN. And so I was, uh, about four years ago, I was very, uh, I probably would have been viewed as a, a moderate I was a uh, in 2018. I was the uh, the moderator of South Florida Presbytery, and guys on the right identified with me, and guys on the left identified with me, and uh, some people really didn't know how to peg me, and I just thought I was a moderate. 
when the revoice stuff started happening in 2019, I moved up here to North Carolina and, uh, you know, like, like, like you said, you guys meet with people on all sides, you're willing to talk. And so I would, so even in the forums, I would be having conversations and people didn't know where I was coming from. Cause I would just be asking questions and I, and I really just believe in like, I want to be able to identify the other side's arguments the way they would want them to be identified, but also like challenge people on their arguments. And so obviously 2020 happened. Uh, I'm getting more involved in discussions online. People are, and, and still people don't know how to peg me. So the GRN comes in 2021. It's in Birmingham. And I was just really on the fence up until the week of it. And I said, you know, I really want to check these guys out. And here's here's my here's my impression. I said I think I agree with GRN identifying guys. I mean the the the, the council I never had a problem with. I mean I, I loved the council, obviously. I loved Harry Reader, I loved all the talks, John Payne, I would listen to him. And then guys that would identify I said I think I identify I agree more with the GRN. But the guys that are against them I often find are nicer <laughs> and you know, whatever language, nuanced, winsome, beautiful, whatever language we want to put to them, you know? Uh, so I said, I, I want to meet, I want to meet these guys. And again, I'm not talking about the council. I'm talking about yeah. everybody that's rallying yeah. behind the, 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 uh, the vision, yeah. you know? And so it was kind of funny cause I get to the, the, that 2021 conference and a number of guys came up to me and go, not again, not council members, right. but just general guys are like, you're here. <laughs> and I'm like, why do you guys say that? Like, I'm, I'm as conservative as conservative come. I'm not far right, but I'm, you know, why? Because I challenge you, you know, sometimes, right. but that was only an initial thing. Right. I, I ended up leaving the conference with so many new friendships so much alignment in the vision and the direction so much of it made sense the talks were 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 uh the sequence of the talks first of all the talk the, the talk caliber i mean i'm a guy you, you worked at ligonier i'm a guy that would go to ligonier every year when i was in south florida i mean i've been to i don't i don't i don't know how many yeah. and so i mean you know the highest of caliber of yeah, reform, yeah. reformed presenters would be at yeah. ligonier and yeah. and i felt like i was getting that caliber or better at this conference and Men singing. I mean, yeah. when we sang "Holy, Holy, Holy," yeah, in, in that in, in at Briarwood, and just, uh, I was like, man, this is a this is a, a a vision, a message, a way of ministry that not only can I can I get behind. I, I want to. Uh, they they call me to want to be better, yeah. and to want to um, encourage others to see the beauty of of what is being presented. And so, so I was a believer. In the meantime, you know, PCA churches were, I mean, new, two new, two new denominations formed or presbyteries, yeah. uh, P churches are leaving. Yeah. Uh, our church is very frustrated about a lot of what we see. And my elders are questioning, you know, is it time that we go, you know? And so last year, you, you know, because I, I think you're, you, you know, what was great about like you said, I think I'm starting to figure out, figure you out, George. Yeah. I like, I like to, to be fun and laugh and joke and just kind of, you know, self promote, but in a self deprecating way. And so I was going everywhere to all you guys saying, I think I got the most people here at this conference. 
uh, I want an award. <laughs> but we did. We brought the whole session. You did. I think two you sure did. Yeah. I think two guys couldn't come, but then we yeah. brought a ruling elder we yeah. were training, and we brought an emeritus, uh, an, an older gentleman that was one of the, almost the founders here at Meadowview. And they all left with the same impression. And they said, wow, the, these are churches and guys that love the Lord and uh, want to seek his glory, are dedicated, committed to the PCA's mission. Yeah. You know, uh, to the scriptures, to the Reformed tradition, but the Great Commission, like they care about the gospel spreading. And so uh, I just want to say I, I'm, I'm a believer and I appreciate it. And uh, somehow I managed my way on to the uh, the general council there, but I didn't ask to be on it. I was I was invited, not like uh, I asked to, for an award for bringing all those people. But And we're delighted that you're on the council, George. Well, and let me say you're you're. Um story is not all that different than most of the people in the PCA. I, I think the last four or five years have been really confusing times for PCA people. And I think uh, one of the reasons the GRN spoke so directly to the issues presented by Revoice is because Revoice is an issue of an error of sanctification. And it's a basic category error of, of sanctification and the homosexuality is the is the trigger issue but the category is a is seems to be to every ever I like to say every Sunday school teacher in the PCA can understand you know the errors of sanctification and revoice is just a certain group of people can't and uh, the GRN felt no one was speaking to this issue. Um, a number of GRN council members, myself among them, individually offered some remedies that first year after Revoice. I promoted uh, first to my session and then to our presbytery, and then I was privileged to advocate on the floor of GA the Nashville statement as, a, as an immediate response to the errors of Revoice and then uh, we've been engaged, as you have, George, and your session has been uh, individually to try to promote good language reform in the BCO to strengthen the PCA's uh, process uh, 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 standards so that we can we can do a better job communicating on this. But yeah, the, the GRN hosted a number of very high profile events in which we tried to directly critique the theology of Revoice. And uh, there were howls to the moon about that. And, uh, and, and we've just very patiently but uh, ploddingly just we've kept pushing on this because there's not a confusion on our end about Revoice. And the PCA is not ever going to embrace side B gay Christianity, period. And a couple of years ago, a lot of churches in the PCA were just like Meadowview. Uh, it, it, there, is the PCA really going to do this? Is the PCA really going to slip in this area? And I'm so pleased. I, I wish in some ways it would be more than it is, but I'm so pleased that the PCA uh, has, has begun to respond and has begun to correct the errors that Revoice has, has brought into our church. And um, 
I, I feel like the GRN has been a big part of helping set the table in this conversation. And I think the heart of the PCA has, has said amen to that. Uh, we have some critics that are, that are never going to acknowledge that, and that's fine. They have a right to do that. I just wish they would do it out in the light of day, like the GRN does. We, we don't do anything that we don't broadcast or publish or sign our name to, and we're always going to do it that way, George. Yes, and, and, that's, and that's helpful, and I, I agree. I think what the GRN did is, and, and really it was grassroots. I mean, I know it, it's an organization, it's a 501c3, but the grassroots networks of, of relationships that have developed around it, you know, we're, we're talking, we're uh, collaborating, we're trying to, and I think also, like, the GRN, the, it, it was a Kevin DeYoung talk, probably at GA. It was, but I don't know where it was given. I, I would guess it was a Kevin DeYoung talk at GA about concupiscence. Yeah. And I would say that talk taught more people about this whole discussion about desire, temptation, yeah. indwelling sin, and all that. I mean, I don't know how many views that video has, if it's a lot or not. I would guess it was a lot because everybody was referencing it, and it really helped us to understand what our standards teach on that. And when I say us, I'm just saying the collective, the PCA, yeah. like, yeah. you know, cause I saw guys in, in, on, in forums contradicting what our standards say, yeah. you know, and, and once all this came about, there was education there for people yeah. and it absolutely was helpful. And it's given us language and vocabulary to use and to yeah. try to, and and I and I will say you're right. You said it earlier. It's not a uniform group of guys. There there's a spectrum of differences on on the GRN uh, yeah. for sure, and and that that comes out in different ways. But uh, there there is a brotherhood there that again I I was uh, I was welcomed in, and um, it's it's certainly helped. You know, and I think. So you said an interesting thing. You said that every Sunday school teacher in the PCA gets what we're talking about. Explain that a little more. That's going to well, be controversial, I, I, I think. I, well, I, sure, but I, I don't think revoice is, is all that complicated. I, I think for folks who have family members that are struggling with homosexuality and same-sex attraction, revoice was a kind of fool's gold for them that it, it just, it, it wasn't what it really seemed to be. I mean, uh, for me, a clarifying moment was when our friends at Harvest USA, which is a good godly ministry, tried to communicate, you know, no on revoice. And, and then you watched uh, the sainted Rosaria Butterfield make her comments and, and you, you know, I don't know if you, how closely you paid attention to it, but just, the horror that the Revoice community turned on her. And, and then you've watched the progression of Revoice. I mean, I, I think um, for, for any of your viewers or listeners who listen to either Harry Reader each day do his worldview or an Al Mohler do his worldview, uh, the new morality is coming. And, you know, the, the PCA has tried to deal with the L and with the G and now we're fixing to deal with the T and there's a plus after that that who knows what's coming after that and 
Revoice doesn't have an answer for that. Re Revoice is a posture, and it's it's closely aligned with Preston Sprinkle and the spiritual friendship movement. And I'm just here to tell you, and I'm going to say it again, there's not a Sunday school teacher in the PCA that is going to, to let side B gay Christianity come through on, on their watch. And I think there are a lot of, of good people in the PCA who, who need to be reminded still that Revoice is unhelpful, it's unwise, it, it's not really reformed, it, it's, it's really Catholic, and in, 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 at least the, the theologians of Revoice are not reformed. Uh, and um, it, it's just not helpful. And it, 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 I'm glad that the, that the host church has uh, taken themselves out of the PCA. I, I think it's time to, to get the, their, their jargon out of the PCA as well, too. And uh, I, my, my sense is, George, that the PCA is not confused about this. Maybe some of our our establishment figures in the PCA, for whatever reason, are. But I think the fact that the PCA, year after year, is trying to fix the language in the BCO needs to be a message that folks need to hear, that the PCA is not going to give an inch to side BK Christianity, period, end of story. On the one hand, I want to say yes and amen. On the other hand, I'm like, I, yeah, I, we're, we're not going to... Yeah, as a denomination, I'll agree with you. I, I think individual presbyteries, individual churches, and individual teaching elders um, are, are giving you know space to this, and uh, I, I think you know. But I, I agree what you said too about the T. So last in last year's Revoice talks, the the T they started saying we're going to have to include the T, yeah. and and I'll say there's nothing to stop the maps either. The minor attracted yeah. persons. You know that that was one of the very first things that was asked of of uh, Greg Johnson in that cross politic interview. Well, would you do the conference for, you know? And he said, "Well, I, I'd have to I'd have to think about that." You know, and of, of course, there's forgiveness, and and we wanna we wanna minister to people with all kinds of struggles. Yeah. But for me, Mel, what this has always been about is once the sanctification piece was done, like with the AIC report, with the teaching, I believe the. I believe the sanctification piece is mostly done. For me, it's it's the identity piece. And when I say that, people say it's you're just concerned with language. And I said, no, 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 I'm not concerned with language. I'm concerned with what the language communicates. It is a false anthropology, a false I idea and conception of what it means to be a person, what it means to be a human, particularly a person in Christ. So. It's uh, in philosophical terms. It's an ontological issue. It's it's the nature of being. In, in theological terms, it's anthropology. And so when guys say we're not arguing over theology, I say, well, anthropology is a category of systematics. It what is a human? What is a person who is in Christ? And you know, it's one thing to use struggles, temptations, and desires as descriptive of of experience of the of the ongoing effects of indwelling sin i'm all for being open about that it's another thing to say that puts me in a category of personhood that is again in the word in my words somehow ontological being and this is the big difference between you know you mentioned rosaria butterfield 
Um, I, I, are you familiar with Beckett Cook at all? Sure. So, I mean, Beckett is is phenomenal because I think Rosaria sometimes comes across as like kind of curmudgeonly and, uh, you know, to, to some, some people don't appreciate Rosaria. I think she's wonderful. She's a real Beck- scholar. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I mean, she's very no-nonsense, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, she's yeah. like the opposite of winsome, I, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, even though I think she's very, she can be very sweet. And, but, like, Beckett Cook is a, a man who is same-sex attracted, who has uh, was married to a man, or at least in a long-term yeah. relationship, in Hollywood, like, in the culture, you know, with movie stars and set designers and makeup artists, and... And uh, and he he flat out rejects revoice. He retracted his uh, his uh, recommendation for Greg Johnson's book, and he has said he is against side B Christianity, gay Christianity. And I just wish our our people in the PCA would listen to these voices. It is not simply a language thing for Beckett and Rosaria. It's not simply how we refer to ourselves. It's what that communicates to a world that is telling kids who are confused about identity and gender and sexuality and 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 the best that revoice has to tell them is well you might be that but you can you can abstain from it you know and we have such a better message yeah Yeah, we do and i'm hopeful that that better message is going to carry uh i really do i i think the the pca is getting better at articulating a gracious response to revoice. And I think other than those who are committed to it, I I think on a, on a denominational level, level, we're getting better and better on it. Now, Presbyterians are going to handle things differently. And some Presbyterians uh, are afraid to have this kind of a theological discussion. And, and, you know, I, I actually would love for this discussion to happen in my presbytery, not because my presbytery would embrace revoice, but because we've got some wonderful, careful, loving theologians who would graciously critique it in such a way that would correct the error, but also love the man struggling with it. And I think the PCA's uh, report, uh, I think, most of us know that Kevin DeYoung is responsible for a good bit of that, uh, though Dr. Chapel and Dr. Keller uh, did some excellent work on that too, as well as the other members of the committee. That's a great place to start this conversation. And that report does not in any way give Revoice a get out of jail card. Uh, and, um, you know, there, there are folks in the PCA that just can't handle existentially that comment or the, that discussion, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, the, 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 the tendencies, the strong reformed institutions that the PCA serves, but also that feed into the PCA are, are getting better and better on responding to revoice. And so I'm, I'm encouraged by that, George. I, I don't, I know there are some brothers out there who don't want to talk about it because they don't want to deal with it. But I actually think we've got a we've got some more conversations to have about this before the PCA lands where it needs to, and I think we're getting closer each year to doing that. Yeah, yeah, and just to just to kind of close that out, so so there's a number of overtures coming through now that I think have really addressed the concerns uh, of the past two years overtures with the language issues and the singling this out issue and what does this mean and 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 so I'm I'm looking forward. I think they're uh, you know, Meadowview passed passed one that 
while it failed our presbytery, Piedmont Triad Presbytery has roundly failed these left and right, and, and it was a tie vote, 17 to 17. In other words, we, we got a few guys in the middle because we handled some of their concerns, and I think that's going to be the goal. There, there, there are going to always just be those guys that don't want to deal with the language piece of it, but then there's others in the middle that they, it just needs, and we only need to get about four or five presbyteries. So, yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to that. But, but Mel, as we wrap up this, this conversation, tell us about the, um, the, the Gospel Reformation Network conference coming up. I want people to register for it. It's in my backyard, so you, uh, I'll get to say hi to you. We, we and, are uh, excited to be in your backyard. We're going to be in Charlotte on May the 3rd and 4th. Our venue is going to be the Sovereign Grace PCA Church in Charlotte. Uh, it's a fantastic, beautiful building. Uh, go to gospelreformation.net, gospelreformation.net, and you'll see uh, everything you need to know about that event. Uh, we're going to have a bookstore. We're going to have some food options. We're going to have some fantastic vendors. Uh, we're so excited about our uh, partner vendors that are helping us do that. Some of the very best seminaries that serve the PCA are involved in this, and we're also excited about having Kevin DeYoung and Harry Reeder and Jonathan Master, but also let me say one of the real treats at this year is going to be uh, Dr. O. Palmer Robertson. Uh, yes. Dr. Robertson is a treasure uh, of the PCA. I think he lives in Winston-Salem. You probably get to see him a good bit. Uh, Dr. Robertson has taught it everywhere you can teach that serves the PCA. He taught at Knox. Right. He taught at Covenant. Uh, he, he was one of my brother's professors at seminary. He has a, a time at Westminster, a time at RTS, and famously was a missionary to Africa. And, and Palmer was really the great uh, speech of last year's GA, uh, emerging out of the, the mist like Elijah the Tishbite on the floor of General <laughs> Assembly yes. and telling God's people uh, what God's word is. And uh, Dr. Robertson also in his... Uh, eighth uh, decade of life is is a thoroughgoing gracious gentleman and i'm looking forward to his message uh he specifically asked john uh to speak on uh, the topic and we're just you know like like our other grn events george uh, this is a chance for uh, people throughout the pca to come together uh oftentimes it's the singing at these events that you end up remembering uh, but it's a chance to be restored, to connect with folks a month before General Assembly, uh, to, to, to connect with one another, and to be a part of a great event. GospelReformation.net is where people should go. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I'm so glad you said that about Palmer. He has been a, a, a true blessing. He's become... Uh, I don't know if you can be a friend with a guy who's a father in the faith like that, but uh, so prolific. He's he's writing, you know, he's finishing his his life's work on yeah. on the covenant, and yeah. it's uh, it's awesome. So he's going to be our mission speaker, conference speaker at Meadowview. At, in uh, we do ours in the fall, and so okay. we're looking forward to that. And yeah, he'll be a, a real blessing. And the man has energy. Yeah. So he's he's in his eighties, and yeah. he's got more energy than than yeah, most he really people. Does. So. Really <laughs> well, this is this is great, Mel. So uh, I'm gonna. You want you have any final words before we wrap up, or I'll just take us out. I, I just want to thank you again for being on the program today, and and uh, I hope that 
reformed folk who are interested in the PCA, if you're a deacon or a ruling elder, you won't be afraid uh, to, and you won't be distracted from getting involved. Uh, we've had a resurgence of, of reformed churchmen uh, that are just plain ruling elders, and they have made all the difference in the world. And I hope that this podcast and and the work of the GRN empowers you to stay involved in the PCA. There's no problem in the PCA that won't be remedied by more ruling elders getting involved in the work of the courts of the church. So I hope uh, I hope I've encouraged some of those uh, folks today to to sign up for Presbytery, to sign up for General Assembly, and to take their turn serving the church uh, in its national and regional meetings. Well, you're welcome, Mel, and thank you, and, and thanks for that encouragement. I know people will be encouraged to it, it's people like to get to know people they're hearing about and seeing about and i think yeah. you you've done that well uh you're a gracious fun guy and so uh this is again the presbyterian reformed churchman and if if this is helpful to you uh feel free to share it with other ruling elders we look forward to the gospel reformation network conference may 3rd and 4th at sovereign grace presbyterian church in charlotte north carolina thanks again mel thanks